Welcome to the Church Podcast, talking all things ministry to help you do church better. I'm your co-host, John Ronaldo, and I'm joined here as always with the one and only Christopher Wesley. Good morning, good sir. How are you? I am doing well. Uh, that was convincing. No, I'm doing great. I'm doing uh, <laughs> fantastic. You know, just uh, living the dream uh, while quarantined and uh you know, but uh, wait, it, wait, stop. That's a great rhyme right there. Living the dream while quarantined. Someone's got to write a song. You have to write a song. There you go. Well, you know, actually, John, um, I want to uh, we, we didn't talk about this in our pre-conversation, but, um, you know, you've been getting a lot of uh, credit for, uh, I, I, I would say, claiming the word unprecedented. Um, <laughs> you know, after your little tweet uh, that and, and uh social media post of like, you feel like you've been using that word over and over again. And, and I could say, yeah, I could probably go back through the, the last couple of episodes and say, yeah, John's been, uh, it's been <laughs> unprecedented how many times John has used the word unprecedented. So I, I'm uh, wondering if the church podcast can start creating t-shirts uh, <laughs> that are saying like, uh, you know, this t-shirt is unprecedented or whatever. And, uh, <laughs> living the dream while quarantined. So I like that. No, okay. So I'm obviously not the only one using that word because I see it in articles and all sorts of things, but just, it's become such a natural part of my vocabulary. I'm just like, I have never used that word before until like the past like month and a half. It's crazy. So. Well, it, it reminds me of, uh, um, you remember the movie, the princess bride where, yep. uh, I can, and see I'm blanking on the word that, uh, oh, what was the word that, uh, What's his name used? Oh, probably have to edit this up. But anyway. Yeah. But anyway, yes. So John's been using the word unprecedented quite a bit. But uh, these are well, one of my one of my one of my friends on Twitter responded to my tweet. He's like, Your your tweet is unprecedented. I just laughed. I was just like, Yeah, this is unbelievable. So but mm. living the dream while quarantined, someone's gotta make something out of that, man. Yeah. I that's I don't know if you meant to make that a rhyme, but it's perfect, man. It's, it's, there's a song there. I swear it. There's a song. We'll, we'll, we'll work on it. Marathon <laughs> Youth Ministry will spend its time uh, working on it. Um, you know, uh, but uh, uh, talking about working on things, uh, you know, it's interesting because I don't know about you, John, but there's been a period with this uh, isolation and quarantine time where, uh, we've been um, where a lot of content ideas have been created. In fact, um, what I love is on a Marathon Youth Ministry blog, we've had a number of different uh, guest posts from uh, you know different members and contributors. And for me, it's great because that challenges my thinking and my learning. And one thing I want for uh, my audience um, is uh, an expanded perspective of how to do youth ministry. And that's one of the reasons why these last couple of episodes on the church podcast, right? We've had guests like Rich Kern and, um, and Paul and, and, and Josh and, you know, Catherine and Gulo and, and, and everything, because we want, like, while we love that people love us, right? At least we think they love us. Uh, we also want to broaden their horizons and help them grow because, you know, you and I, we've been influenced by many different voices over the years. And those different voices have really positively impacted my leadership in the church. And I can safely say that one of the reasons I 
am doing what I'm doing today is because of those diverse influences, you know, and, and I haven't really shared the story. You know, I've been, I've been Catholic my entire life. You know, I grew up Catholic. Uh, my mom is Catholic. My dad was not Catholic. You know, that's, that's a different conversation, a different dialogue. But when I was coming of age, to say it that way, when I was a teenager, my, my best friends who are still friends in my, in my life today, they were all non-Catholic, but most of them were practicing Christians. And at an early age in high school, I was still involved in, in Catholic youth ministry and Catholic liturgy and whatnot. And, and we did that, but I was going to different youth ministry programs from different churches because my friends were non-Catholic and they were doing that. And so it, it wouldn't be, you know, a surprise for me in a given week to have attended three different youth ministry programs from three different churches. You know, and, and that peer group has really influenced me. But as I went to college, I went to Catholic University, I went to Loyola Marymount University in Los Angeles, that although I was heavily involved in campus ministry and liturgy during that time, I did not uh, you know, shy away from getting involved in the, the local evangelical group that was on campus and, and be part of their, their nights when they would did some praise and worships and some Bible studies and some other things. And, and being in Southern California, I had the opportunity to be exposed to uh, some really big churches, including one that a lot of people know, uh, Rick Warren's church, Saddleback in, in Orange County, and, and having had the experience of go, going to that church. But there's uh, some other really amazing non-denominational evangelical churches in Southern California I went to, Rock Harbor and Costa Mesa, was really influential. And I, I, I went with my wife, uh, you know, uh, when we were dating at the time to, to check out these particular churches. And it was really interesting to me that uh, when I started ministry, I brought all of that experience to the table at my first church. It, not just the Catholic stuff. But, but even some of the non-Catholic stuff that, that kind of influenced my way of thinking and doing church. And I could say 20 years later, like, I continue to be exposed and continue to expose myself widely to different ways of, of leading and being church to the point that when I got my doctorate, I intentionally went to a non-Catholic university to get my doctorate because I, I, I was studying leadership and organizational development. This was up at the Graduate Theological Union in Berkeley, and I chose the Pacific School of Religion, which, uh, which is not, not a Catholic university, because I wanted to be exposed to other churches' ways of doing leadership and organizing churches. That certainly helped me with my thesis, which was very Catholic focused, you know, uh, and, and, and helped broaden my horizons of how church is done. Because we have this box that is the Catholic church and it's good. There's a whole bunch of good stuff in it, you know, uh, but the influence of all these other things made a huge difference in, in my ability to be a leader in the church. And I think in a really real positive way. And I, I'm super thankful for that. Yeah. But let me, let me kind of push back on that a little bit. Right. Because Catholic church universal, right. Um, you know, it's the one truth, right. I, I'm just kind of, putting myself in, in people's shoes that might not agree with you, right? Uh, when we look at Catholic Church, we think universal, and people might say, John, all those leadership principles can be found in our Catholic faith, in our Catholic tradition. Um, you know, why do we need to look beyond that when we just really need to maybe look harder at what's already offered through the Catholic faith? 
Uh, what what are your thoughts to that? Yeah, I would agree with that. And I want to be very clear. What we're talking about in this particular episode is is practical leadership and management types of tools. I'm not talking theology because I even in high school, I remember dealing with the conflict of the different theologies of these different churches and having to battle that out and figure that out in my mind. And, and it's not, I'm glad you clarified that. It's not about the theology. It's about the leadership practices and structures. And so Chris, I don't think you're wrong to say that there, there is more in our Catholic faith that we need to delve into uh, and study that more. I'm just saying that I think I have become a more effective leader because I had a, a wide exposure to leadership beyond just the Catholic church box or bubble. And I'm not just talking other religions. I'm talking other leadership and business authors and things like that too. Right. I often quote John Maxwell, you know, in this podcast, I, you know, I have every single one of John Maxwell's books on my shelf. Right. And I've read them all and I adore them. And I love them. Um, and there's no doubt that John Maxwell has been a huge influence on, on me personally, but then also how I lead. Uh, and, and although he has a Christian background, he's talking leadership principles that transcend organizations that transcend faith and, and churches as well. So I think it's a good question. Um, but I, I, I think the different exposure, Chris, really has helped me in a positive way. Is there more that I can learn from, from Catholic if I delve deeper into Catholic you know, the structures and, and whatnot. Oh, of course, always. There's, there's, there's more to learn than I can learn in a lifetime. Absolutely right. But I'm finding that different exposure has really been beneficial for me. And I don't know if you find no. that to be true or not for yourself. No, I, I agree. I agree. And I think it's good that we clarified that too. We're not talking theology. We're talking, um, you know, business, leadership practices, strategies, structures along those lines, which again, can be found in, um, Catholic theology and, and history, but like, again, uh, some of it isn't as accessible. Um, and I'll explain that in a second, uh, isn't as accessible as, as uh, it might be from other sources or other resources. And part of that um, is the fact that, uh, you know, as more and more uh, different types of mediums of learning, right, have been developed, um, it's it's much easier to get access to some of these other principles that do reflect that do reflect Catholic teaching or Christian principles or things like that, right? And uh, you know, we also believe as Catholics that there are things that we can learn in the world, you know, not of the world, but in the world, mm -hmm. and, and pull those principles out because that's a way that God reveals Himself to us, right? So, just wanted to bring that up for any of the people who are gonna, you know, poo poo this uh, whole uh, <laughs> that's fair conversation. But uh, yeah, no. Uh, I would be um, I would be lying if I said that um, I haven't learned anything from outside resources outside the Catholic Church because um, unlike you, I don't have a formal education in theology or uh, church ministry. All of my training has been on the go in the trench learning and um, and on on job training. Uh, and we've talked about how, I'm changing some of that by, by going back for higher learning. But um, for the most part, uh, yeah, a lot of what I've learned has either been from other denominations um, or from just different businesses. Uh, and, and so uh, that was a, a, a definite gift that 
uh, Nativity, Church Nativity uh, introduced to me. Um, but also I think it helped at Xavier University that being a communications major, electri uh, electronic media major and learning about film and storytelling and everything. Um, those are definitely things that influenced me as well. And so really what we wanna talk about today is what are some best practices that, um, uh, that you can take to expand your knowledge? Because if you think about it, we are in unprecedented times <laughs> and business as usual, church business as usual, is not uh, the, the way that we can move forward. So we have to think outside the box. Mm -hmm. So in order to think outside the box, we have to challenge ourselves, we have to push ourselves, and we have to start looking outside of our comfort zones. And that's really what this conversation is about. Not looking outside the church, but looking outside of our comfort zones. Mm -hmm. All right, so John, you mentioned Max, uh, John Maxwell, and that's one thing he and I have in common is that John Ronaldo owns all of John Maxwell's books and my books. So there you go. This is true. Uh, I do own all your true. books. Chris. One <laughs> thing I have in common with John Maxwell. There you yeah, go. Yeah, I like it. Awesome. Um, dream accomplished. Uh, no, but uh, uh, so uh, talk a little bit about, um, you know, a couple of principal, like how, how are you introduced to John Maxwell, right? Like, and not just John Maxwell, but how are you introduced to some of these leadership principles? Because I think that's the one, uh, not that this is a step, but that's the one challenge is like, okay, how do we go beyond our comfort zone? Like, where, where do we first look? So mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about the John Maxwell experience. You know, um, <clears throat> I was exposed to John Maxwell when I was about 23 years old. Uh, and I told Chris earlier, I wish someone handed me a John Maxwell book when I was in high school uh, because I think I, I benefited so greatly from it. So already I'm figuring, I'm trying to figure out my, with my nine-year-olds, like at what age do I introduce John Maxwell to her? But that's a conversation for another time. Uh, I was introduced to it by a good friend of mine uh, who was involved in actually network marketing. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, any of you who have ever been exposed to any of this network marketing know that growth, personal and professional growth is a mainstay in a lot of these programs. And so, um, you know, she was heavily influenced by John Maxwell and she was encouraging me, you know, to, to say, you should be, you should be reading 30 minutes a day. And by the way, to this day, that's a principle I try to live by. Now, as I've had more kids and life has gotten crazy, 30 minutes a day hasn't, I haven't made that as a priority as much as I should, but actually COVID-19 has actually helped me get back into that habit again. So that, there's one of the small blessings of, of quarantine, uh, living the dream while quarantined. Uh, but uh, she really encouraged it, you know, and so she handed me John Maxwell. I was like, read this book. And she just gave me the book. I'm like, okay, I'll read it. Right? Now you need to understand, Chris, I was, I, I had a hard time learning to read when I was growing up. I didn't like reading. I didn't particularly like fiction. And that's what a lot of you know, reading was all about. So, you know, especially in high school and, and junior high and whatnot. And so I didn't do a lot of reading. And my parents were avid readers, you know. And when she handed me John Maxwell, I'm like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll maybe pull this out. I'll read it because she's really encouraging this and she's a friend. So I'm like, okay. So I started reading it and I fell in love with it because it was immediately applicable to my life. 
And it all that took was somebody saying, you should be reading 30 minutes a day, you know, and here's a great place to start. And from there, you know, she exposed me to all sorts of books that I would have never even considered. And I look at my shelf now and how much of my shelf kind of grew from John Maxwell and then being exposed to Patrick Lencioni and, and, and Rick Warren and all these other books along the way that have really just been super helpful. Jim Collins, right? You know, and it was a friend who took her growth seriously and, and encouraged me to take my growth seriously and handed me a John Maxwell book and said, you need to read this. And that was it. And I just, I read, 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 read from there on. Uh, and that was a game changer. That was an absolute game changer in my life. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. I mean, I, I think the huge principle to take away from there is that we have to surround ourselves with leaders, you know, who are learners, right? Uh, and, and it's synonymous, right? Leaders are learners and, and leaders are readers too. Um, and uh, I know for me, um, it's people introducing books and, and being open to reading or listening to podcasts. And, and when we say reading books too, we're not just saying, you know, as much as I love cracking open, uh, a tangible book, audiobooks are totally fine. They're totally le legitimate. Podcasts are totally fine. Uh, webinars, uh, documentaries, um, even uh, fiction, you know, movies and, and, and fictional books. There's so much that we can learn there. For me, I would have to say that uh, I, I think the one book that really started changing it was uh, Jim Collins' Good, Good to Great for me. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was something that um, our, our pastor introduced to us, uh, Father White introduced us as a staff and we read it together as a staff. And, and I just kept on diving into that over and over again. And, and there were some principles that just really stuck out, you know, that technology is an accelerator of momentum, not a creator of momentum. Uh, you know, that, uh, what it means to be a, a level five leader, you know, in humility. And, and it's a book that I've read probably, Oh, at least a dozen times, you know, just to, and, and pulled apart and, and it's influenced me because I, I want, not that I want to build a great company with Marathon Youth Ministry, but I know taking that level of where church is and, and growing it is huge. And, and so what happened with me was reading Jim's, Jim's book, Good to Great, and then hearing him speak at a conference, like going to a conference I knew he was speaking at, and then hearing other speakers at that conference and liking them and then reading their books or listening to their podcasts. And, and that's one of the things that is really good is if you find an author, a leader or a reader, you know, a writer that you absolutely love, try to capture him or her in a different medium, because that's what will expose you to other um, leaders and systems and structures that um, should influence you as well. Yeah. So again, going back, you know, surround yourself with other readers, surround yourself with other learners, because they're going to introduce you to resources that you need to help you grow. Yeah. And I think to be clear, just because you read something from some author doesn't mean that you're going to necessarily apply everything or anything from that particular book into your setting. Uh, you know, that's what I've discovered that, that there are some books I've read. I'm like, yeah, that's a good read, but there's not a huge takeaway, you know? So, you know, some of the stuff you read, like some of these like uh, non-Catholic pastors that I've read, like Bill Hybels, he's got some great books. I really like Andy Stanley's got some great books as well. And, and, and you take some of it and you leave some of it. Right. You know, and that's just the reality of, of, of what it is. But, but, 
it challenges my thinking, right? That's what this is all about is I, it, it challenges my way of operating, you know, and, and the, it was a while back, but somebody had posted uh, a, a, a very well-known Catholic speaker had posted, you know, this, their top 10 books that everybody that sh they should be reading, right. Or, or that they were going to read. And, and they were all Catholic. All 10 were from Catholic authors and they were great books. Some of them I read and I'm like, I wasn't against that at all. It's like, yeah, these are great books. But in my mind, I was also kind of challenging and say, but you know, how do, how do you get exposure to different ways of thinking and being, right? And so I know one of, one of my colleagues actually reached out to this individual and encouraged them and said, these are good books, but what else is on your list that's non-Catholic? I was like, uh, I, I'm not going to do that. So, <laughs> you know, but, but it, end, it ended up being an interesting conversation for us, I think. Yeah, yeah. So definitely um, broadening your horizon, meeting other people that you admire uh, to to help influence your, your reading and everything like that. Um, let, let's talk a little bit about, let, let's get personal and talk a little bit about leaders, books, um, you know, mediums that have really helped us and exactly in what area. So John, you've talked about John Maxwell, but like um, what what's another either author or medium that re really has influenced you and helped you in um, leading the career and life that, that you have? Yeah. So let me talk about a couple different authors. And then if I want to share a couple different podcasts as well, you know, cause I'm a huge podcast listener you know, as well. So, but when I look at my shelf, you know, again, I'm, I'm, I'm naming non-Catholic stuff right now. Cause I got a lot of Catholic stuff on my shelf as well, but uh, certainly John Maxwell, Patrick Lynchoni was another one. We've talked about Patrick Lynchoni before. He has incredible books. His books are very accessible in terms of ease of, of reading, you know, and, and Patrick Lynchoni, by the way, is, is a Catholic. Uh, and so um, what I like about Patrick Lynchoni and John Maxwell is that their Christian values come out in their book, right? And so I read their books and, and I immediately said that it's applicable to what I'm doing in the Catholic faith because of that, uh, that perspective. Uh, I read stuff from Gallup organization, right? The, the, the Marcus Buckingham and, and uh, you know, other authors that come out of the Gallup organization. They have a lot of great books, which includes the Strength Finders, which comes out of the Gallup organization, right? Um, but Growing an Engaged Church is still a book that I reference all the time, right? Um, Bill Heibolds, uh, he's a pastor, I think in, it's Illinois, isn't it, Chris? I think he's in the upper Illinois area, but yeah. He's got some great books that I read. The Volunteer Revolution, for instance, was a game-changing book for me in terms of how I looked at volunteers and how I dealt with volunteers. Uh, and, and I absolutely needed that in my life. And I already mentioned Rick Warren and certainly Doug Fields, having my background in youth ministry, Doug Fields was a, a youth ministry author. Chris, I know you've been highly influenced by Doug Fields as well. Mm -hmm. uh, you actually you actually know him. So you have yep. a relationship with him. We're friends. There you go. So so those are just some of the things. I'm just looking at my shelf, naming some of those things. Those are just some of the books off the top of my shelf. And of course, I think one of the, the quintessential books in leadership is the Leadership Challenge by Kuznis and Posner. Uh, and they've got some updated versions of that book as well. But those are just, to name a few, those are the ones that have influenced me in a, in a dramatic way from an author perspective. Yeah, no, I, um, the, the, those are all really good authors. I, I've read most of um, books most uh, by most of them. Um, for me, it's interesting because 
Um, yeah, Doug Fields has been a huge influence that, that really helped me with, you know, how I viewed, um, church ministry as well. That's, that's where a lot of it got started. Jim Collins, who I already mentioned, uh, you know, I was just, so, as John was talking, I was looking back, I, I keep a list of all the books I read each year. Um, you know, I try to, I, I have this aspiration of reading two books a month, but, um, you know, let's just say 2020 has not been a good reading year so far. Um, <laughs> But, uh, and, and this includes audiobooks uh, as well. But one thing that uh, I'm looking back and seeing common threads. So for me, a huge influence uh, has been Dr. Brene Brown. Um, she is also Catholic uh, and you can see a lot of her spirituality and faith in, in, in some of her um, writings. And she just uh, released a podcast, Unlocking um, Us, uh, that came out last month or uh, March of 2020, depending on when you're li listening to this. And it's been, um, it's been highly influential in, in regards to how to relate to people, how to listen, you know, things along those lines. Uh, Tim Ferriss is a huge influence um, on me. You know, it started out with a four hour work week because actually to tell you the truth, I rejected that book at first because I was like, you can't do ministry four hours a week, right? There's no way. And then I started to look at it from an entrepreneurial standpoint when marathon youth ministry was happening. And I was like, Oh wait, like there, not that you can do youth ministry four hours a week, but there's so many things I'm wasting my time on. And there's, there's so much wasted energy out there. And actually uh, while I've read uh, all of his books, I listened to his podcast because that's been a great influence of listening and learning from new leaders. Now uh, I'm willing to bet that I don't align, you know, with Tim on his spiritual beliefs or faith beliefs, but there's so many like people he's interviewed that have challenged different principles or paradigms that have driven me deeper to my faith. Um, but also have, I feel have made me a better leader and a better person and a better Catholic, um, in, in that regard. So that's an example of someone outside the faith that has really helped, um, in that regards as well. Um, I also look at resources, whether it's podcasts or books, that helped me tackle, uh, maybe it's a challenge, my single biggest challenge or an obstacle in my life, right? Um, you know, for example, I was heavily influenced by the book When by Daniel Pink a couple of years ago, which is all about timing, right? It's timing in your day. And uh, I, I read that book and what was really helpful for me is it helped me recognize that you know, it didn't matter how hard I was praying or how hard I was working out or, um, you know, how much I tried to do deep work. Um, really what was off was my organization of those things, right? Not recognizing that I'm, uh, you know, really a, a morning bird and not a night owl. And uh, that when I hit, you know, early afternoon, it's time to be more creative than to sit down and do an Excel spreadsheet, you know? So just, uh, you know, looking at what's going on in my in my personal life, what's going on in my professional life and saying, okay, let me look for books, authors, influencers, you know, along those lines as well. Yeah, absolutely. So Chris, what, if anything, are you reading right this very moment? Um, just the email, you know, uh, <laughs> no, uh, you know, it, it, it's interesting because, um, before, or as we were ending into quarantine, a book that I was, um, uh, starting to read was Genghis Khan and the Making of the Modern World by Jack Weatherford. Um, and uh, I was reading it. It was very dense. 
Um, it was a library book. It was on demand and I had to return it and I only got through half of it. Uh, so uh, part of me though knows that when I get it back, I'm gonna have to reread it you know, from the beginning and everything. But that book got uh, introduced to me uh, through a couple of people um, because uh, you know we have this preconceived notion that Genghis Khan was this brutal like dictator, you know, ruthless and everything. But if you look at a lot of what he set up in Mongolia um, and during his time, he was actually an influencer of art and medicine and religion and everything. And uh, and so part of me wants to see like, okay, what what led to this flexible flexible leadership? Like, uh, how how were these principles really put in place? You know, and so uh, that's been a huge um, uh, thing that uh, I've been reading recently. And then I like to break it up with fiction once in a while. So yeah. the other book I'm reading or rereading is The Shining by Stephen King, which don't recommend for when you're quarantined, <laughs> uh, especially with your family. So nice, yeah, yeah, yeah. How about, a, how about yourself? Yeah, I'm. So I, I I use my library card and I download audiobooks for books that I'm not going to read that, that mm. I know I don't need a hard copy of. And so I do a lot of biographies and autobiographies, more historical types of things. So what I'm listening to right now is is um rising star which is the story of barack obama's story just because i'm interested chris knows this I, politics is something that i'm interested in. history i'm fascinated in. i've recently finished listening to thomas jefferson's george washington's adam uh, alexander hamilton's book so i'm intrigued in that so the, i'm listening to that book right now but the books i'm reading right now it's funny that i mentioned that you know, we should read widely beyond Catholic settings, but the book I just finished was a Catholic book and the book I'm reading right now is a Catholic book, but I wanted to share the book I just finished reading um, was Why I Am Catholic by Brandon Vaught, uh, which, you know, I loved uh, quite honestly, because it, it was really good to hear his story in terms of his conversion, you know, um, and it helped me actually appreciate my Catholic faith more. Uh, and so that was a really good book. And now I'm reading a book by Tracy Rowland called Catholic Theology. And it's really just an overview of Catholic theology, the, 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 the methodologies around all of that. So I just started that just last night. Uh, so th those are the things that I'm, I'm reading right now. Uh, and uh, in terms of podcasts, let's just go there. Some of the podcasts that I recommend I listen to is, is uh, Manager Tools is a big one for me. Mm -hmm. uh, Manager Tools is all about management exactly what it is and so uh, i i can't tell you how much i've learned from manager tools i've been listening to them for 10 years that i bring into my ministry experience and coaching it's so practical so real and i coach my clients on on the things that they've taught me um so i listen to that um and that's so that's a game changer for us i listen to michael hyatt's podcast uh which i really like it they're they do a lot of stuff on vision and leadership as well i do listen to john maxwell's podcast uh, you know, so there, there's quite a few different podcasts. And then for fun, I, I absolutely listen to uh, fantasy football podcasts as well. ESPN's version of it. So anyways, that's a side note. But, you know, you, you say that apologetically, <laughs> but I, I think that I think that's good. Because uh, so for me, with podcasts, uh, I mentioned Unlocking Us by Dr. Brene Brown, the Tim Ferriss show, uh, Entree Leadership, which is a Dave Ramsey thing. Uh, Dave Ramsey is an excellent leader to follow as well, I think. Um, you know, uh, Catholic stuff you should know, uh, is, is another one that uh, I listen to. Um, and then for fun, uh, actually, uh, two of my favorite fun podcasts are No Such Thing as a Fish, 
which is just random uh, info factoid sort of things. Gene Montricelli introduced me to that podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so shout out to him. And then uh, the other one is uh, Myths and Legends, which if you love, you know, your stories about like Greek mythology or, um, you know, even uh, just obscure Viking mythology and everything, this guy retells the stories, but in a humorous sort of way. Um, so if it, you're looking for something fun, uh, those are two are definitely ones that I recommend. Oh, and then Freakonomics. I love Freakonomics mm, as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. So just uh, because I'm not a, an economist by any means, but this allows me to pretend that I can be. Uh, <laughs> there you go. If anything, it gives you a good conversations at the tables right, to talk about with friends and whatnot. So when you're with friends, which none of us are with right now because we can't see them. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So John, as we kind of wrap this thing up, any last minute recommendations or thoughts or uh, philosophies on expanding and widening your learning? What we came up with were just suggestions of authors and podcasts and things to look into. But the point really is there is so much good stuff out there that informs our leadership in the church, right? I talk about the, all these political biographies I'm reading right now. And there's, so, there's some of that, that that I bring into my leadership of like, oh, how is that transferable, right? And that's part of the reflection when you're reading all this stuff or when you're listening to all this stuff, how can you apply that in your ministry setting? That's the question I always give myself. Everything you know, has something that can apply to your ministry, whether it's a fiction book or, or a leadership book or a management podcast. There's always something that's a takeaway. And so that's the lens. I don't care what you read, although those are, I think, some good recommendations that we came up with. But I think being exposed to something outside the Catholic world and then asking that question, how do I translate this into my ministry setting? That's the key for me that, that I am always trying to be very intentional about doing. Awesome. Awesome. And we would love uh, for the church podcast to be on your list uh, of uh, top uh, recommendations or resources. And so uh, basically, if you haven't had a chance to do that and you love the show, we'd love for you to go to iTunes or Spotify, leave a review, uh, give us a a five-star review and and, and share it with uh, some of your friends and help us get the word out there so we can continue to help uh, make church better. but let's just say uh, of the two of us, you prefer uh, John Ronaldo, uh, which might seem unprecedented at this time, but you prefer John over uh, me and you want to reach out to John. John, how can people get in touch with you? Check us out at parissuccessgroup.com or uh, connect with me on Twitter, especially at John Ronaldo. And you can find me at all things Marathon Youth Ministry uh, and marathonyouthministry.com. And if you want to just connect with both of us, uh, go to thechurchpodcast.org. Shoot us an email at questions at thechurchpodcast.org. Especially if you have a recommendation of resources or speakers or uh, leaders that you maybe want us to have on the show, uh, we would love to uh, broaden not just our perspective and our learning, but yours as well. Um, And again, we thank you all for your uh, listenership. Thank you all for your uh, just uh, partnership in this. And please know that you are in our prayers. John, will you close us in prayer? Speaking of, absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, God, again, for this opportunity to just serve and be present to each other. uh, at this time, Lord, may we continue to just learn and grow and, and, and be exposed to different ways of thinking and being that all 
inform how we lead and how we do ministry, Lord. Uh, and, and may we have that lens of, of being a learner, right? And, and constantly looking for what can I learn from this situation, from this book, from this podcast, from this experience to help us continue to grow and be better at what we do, Lord. Um, all for your kingdom, right? All to bring people closer to you, Lord. So just be with us during this time. Continue to bless all of our listeners that are, are, are tuning into the church podcast. Bless their ministries and all the work that they do. Uh, and may they continue to be safe uh, during this COVID time. In your, t- in your name we pray. Amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.